Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we have Mr. Darren Smith talking with us. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to talk about, of course, their opponent they will see this weekend. That is the Indianapolis Colts, the 0-1-1 Indianapolis Colts. But before, of course, we get into that conversation... Of course, I'm going to remind you all, if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and uh, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening at, subscribe. On Spotify, you can actually rate the show. I definitely appreciate five stars. And on Apple Podcasts, you can actually rate the show and leave a review. I greatly appreciate it. Now, before we get into... uh, me and Darren's conversation. We're going to have the get it off your chest segment like we always do. Now, of course, some teams have gotten off to some bad starts. One of those teams, of course, is the Indianapolis Colts, which we'll talk about later. They're 0-1-1. Lost 24-0 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bad loss. But another team in the same division that has gotten off to a bad start, is the Tennessee Titans. Now, they lost 41-7 to on Monday Night Football, one of the Monday Night Football games, to the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. First time Buffalo's beat them in three years. Of course, they beat them the first two times here, and uh, the Titans did. But it was a pretty ugly game after the first quarter. The Titans were right there, 7-7, they... You know, they tied up the game after the Buffalo Bills scored. And then from there, the offense was just non-existent. Defense was blowing some plays and some tackles. Just uh, all around wasn't a great game for them. But what was trying to be great was the Twitter talk, the social media talk. It seemed like everyone was a GM. Everyone was an owner. We got to fire Vrabel. We got to fire Todd Downing. We got to cut Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if Derrick Henry's the same. We should have never traded A.J. Brown. We should cut this person. Cut this person. Let go of this person. It's always interesting, the reactions after a loss, especially a bad one. And it was greatly entertaining checking out some of the actual takes out there. Now, some may have some points, others may not, others may not. But I say that all to say, not all that stuff's going to happen in one point. <laughs> it's just not going to all happen at one time. First, I don't think you you fire one of the best coaches in the NFL and Mike Vrabel after this result. No, you don't. Now, of course, I understand the tied downing talk, but if you look at the history of the Tennessee Titans of firing uh, offensive coordinators during the season, 
generally that doesn't happen much, if not at all, for this team, just for this organization in general. Now, let's go to the other criticism. But John Robinson, he did this, 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 and this, 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 and this. He should have brought this person back. They should have paid this man money. Heard that a lot. And we're probably going to hear that after any loss the Tennessee Titans have. But, hey, it is what it is. They have what they have. Do I like it that A.J. Brown's not here? No. And be quite honest, just as much as everyone's talking about missing A.J. Brown, if you saw the running game, thus they missed a guy that was playing for the Buffalo Bills. His name is Roger Saffold. Just a point there. But the thing I'm trying to get to is this team is going to take some time to get together. To figure out a few things more than the teams in the past. And now they may figure it out as the season goes on. They may not figure it out as the season goes on. But to expect all these different changes to happen in one week for any NFL team. No, it's just not going to happen. I understand people are mad and pissed off and having all the hot takes and that's fine. But also understand not all of what you want to happen is going to happen in one week. And sometimes it's going to make things worse if you let all that happen. Just a thought. I know some will disagree with me. I know some will probably be telling me about myself after they hear this. It is what it is. It's just one man's opinion, just like yours. There you go. That's my get off your chest segment for this episode we're going to take a quick commercial break and when we come back we're going to talk to mr darren smith on touring the afc south with your host mike Patton. going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to well let me tell you about peace of mind counseling and life coaching they offer services ranging from mental health counseling parenting classes life coaching services therapy alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And, of course, the Indianapolis Colts, 0-2 to start the year, kind of rough sledding, and it doesn't get any easier. My next guest is one that covers the Kansas City Chiefs, the next opponent for the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome, everyone, Mr. Darren Smith. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Thank you for so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time to reach out to me and have me on the show. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, of course, can you give everyone a little bit of a rundown of what all the great, wonderful things that you do? <laughs> uh, well, I'll just I'll just put in some cliff notes. I uh, I'm on a couple of radio stations, actually three radio stations uh, down here in the KC metro area. Um, I cover the Kansas City Chiefs. I cover the Royals. I cover our soccer team, Sporting Kansas City, and I also cover uh, KU football and basketball as well. So I'm a Jack of all trades, master of many is what I like to say. There you go. Hey, at least you didn't say master of none, because someone said that, and I'm like, uh-uh, stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's what they used to say, but I, I'm making a point trying to master my craft, though. I've been doing this since, oh, 1993, so I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The last, as long as you have, you definitely got to be good <laughs> at it. So, uh, of course, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, going into the year, the biggest talk was – Tyreek Hill is not here. The, the, the Chiefs might not be as explosive. They might not be as good. Patrick uh, Mahomes may take a step back. Well, <laughs> that hasn't necessarily happened. They're looking pretty good. Uh, how do you think they have looked in terms of your expectation for them that start this season? Well, I tell people, and I try to be honest, it, it, it's hard for me to – I have to give a point of view from – I see them in practice almost every day, so – um, so my expectation is going to be much different than what the average fan is because I get a chance to see them in practice uh, when fans aren't, aren't allowed to be there. So to that extent, I had a general feeling that they would be good offensively. Look, when you play a good defensive team like they ran up against against uh, the Chargers, um, to me you got to be on point. And I thought their first drive kind of stalled out. But with what we saw against Arizona, they, you know, I mean, that's the team that I expected to see or I expect to see all season long because they have so many great skilled players at uh, at the, you know, at the wide receiver in the backfield and with the tight ends. That is really hard for me to see a defense stopping them uh, consistently. Now, we did see Buffalo on uh, on Monday night, you know, uh, going up against Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have the firepower that Kansas City has, but I'm looking forward to that Week Six matchup uh, between both teams. So, yes, sir, yes, sir. Now, of course, you know Patrick Holmes is the man of the hour. Um, <laughs> he seems to be uh, to me the same guy that he was last year, but looks a little bit better in terms of kind of perusing the field. A little bit more is is that? Would you say that's an accurate kind of perception of what's going on with him more this year? Yeah, yeah, yes, I I would say so. I I think because of the loss of Tyreek Hill, it's made him more focused. Because as he's as he's already mentioned to the media prior to the start of the season that. Uh, fantasy football um, owners are going to be disappointed because he plans on spreading the ball around. That's what he's done the last two weeks, nine nine receivers, I believe, both weeks of, of the season thus far. And so, again, it's uh, it's it's something that he has – he's always talked about being a more accurate passer, uh, which I, I always thought he was because, you know, just because of his ability. But I do think he's uh, he's more mindful of it because he, he's not taking as many shots down the field as he would have if he had Tyreek. Now, he still takes some shots down the field, but just not as many because you don't have a Tyreek uh, uh, on the team. But I think, to me, honestly, I think that's going to make him a better quarterback because if he hones in and becomes a deadly accurate passer, whether it's people call it dinking and dunking them, but just being more accurate to receivers who can actually stretch the field and stretch the chains without having to worry about taking it over the top. I think that's going to make them uh, a much dangerous, a much more dangerous team and make him a much more dangerous quarterback. 
Definitely, I agree. He's using all of his weapons. I mean, uh, getting Clyde, uh, it was a hilarious involved in the game. You got yeah. you got Kelsey. You got uh, uh, all this uh, Scantling. You've got all those different weapons that he's getting involved in the game. And I, and I absolutely like it that he's spreading the ball around. I think it's getting back to more of what Andy Reid offenses have looked like in terms of spreading the ball around to all these many different weapons. So I, I definitely can, you know, enjoy watching that and seeing that happen uh, each and every week, uh, hopefully this year. Um, <clears throat> of course, defensively, you know, the team always gets talked about defensively. and Everyone, everyone is like, ah, but – can they play good defensively? Now, this year, of course, you know, they do lose uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Gay at linebacker for, for four games for, you know, a suspension from the league. But they do have some talented players there. You know, we got Nick Bolton at, at linebacker. You've got uh, Reed at the safety spot brought over from the Texans. Uh, so what can you get? Oh, and, uh, of course, you do have uh, Mr. Jones inside. Of course, you cannot forget him. But – you know, what can you say about this defense this year? Can you can you see them molding themselves potentially into a top 10 defense, or do you see even better than that? Uh, I mean, top 10 is top, top ten is, is possible. Look, I, for me and for Kansas City, you just really need them to be, you know, in the top 15 because that's, you know, that's what they were both years when they went to the Super Bowl. I would say this is that um, – I, I guess Gay's not gonna be able to appeal the suspension somehow. That's that's kind of strange that he's not able to appeal that. But be that as it may, you know, there are, they've also lost uh, Trent McDuffie for a few weeks because of the injury he suffered against the Arizona Cardinals on that field. Um, the team has gone has gone through a drastic youth movement. So like last year, they were one of the oldest teams in the league. This year, with nine with nine rookies making the team. Uh, out of the draft class, it, it makes the team now one of the youngest teams, or the Chiefs one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Um, I, I do like what they what they do and what they've done over the years is that they draft these rookies and they get them mixed in with the veterans through training camp and through preseason. So when when it's time for the bright lights uh, in the regular season, they're not you know they're not you know phased by it. So I said it to say that Ricky Leo Chanel. Um, uh, the other rookies, Brian Cook and and uh, uh, Joshua Williams, you know those players on the defensive side of football will be able to step up and, and and fill in fill in where it's necessary on the defensive side of football. And even though Willie Gay is going to be out uh, for the next four weeks, the Chiefs do have some senior veteran leadership, uh, you know that that was backing them up that will be able to. Uh, be able to fill the void. But again, everything starts up front. You got Frank Clark, you got Chris Jones, you got uh, 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 Naughty, and uh, as well as uh, somebody else just, just escaped my mind right now. But but they but they do have a lot of players that that can actually uh, you know get to the quarterback, and that's that's the biggest thing. And Steve Spagnuolo's system, uh, you know, his system is to, is to bring pressure uh, to the quarterback, and so if they do that and can disrupt them. And again, you know, we're looking at looking at Matt Ryan, who's not exactly someone who's going to be doing a lot of uh, running around in the pocket. Uh, it gives the Chiefs a good chance to hone in and and, and pretty much, um, I, I don't want to say practice, but 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 pretty much if, if you're going to bring pressure, this is, a, this is a quarterback that you want to bring that type of pressure uh, to get after in the loss of a Willie Gay. Gotcha. Okay. Now, one rookie that I want to talk about that I very, very – a lot of people were very high on would be Sky Moore. 
Uh, he does return kicks. Hasn't really, to me, found his his his, his legs underneath him offensively. Do you kind of expect him to be a little bit more involved as the season goes on, or just kind of stay into in the return game more? No, more? no, no, no. He he's going to be involved in the offense. I mean, it, it's just again, it's just a matter. See, that's again, as I mentioned, Patrick had nine players uh, receiving the ball. So if you think it's going to be a big part of the offense, you kind of kind of lighten your expectations because if he's passing the ball around, he's not he's not the number one wide receiver. So he's probably number four after you know after. Uh, Juju and MVS and McCall Harmon. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta kind of uh, be level with your expectations and what to expect from them. Um, and it's one other rookie I forgot. I'm sorry. And then that's George Kaloftis. Of course, he's from he's from the Indiana area as a graduate or the student at uh, student athlete at Purdue University. So, but going back to Sky, no, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's only week number two. His his number will be called, and I mean, he he, he showed a lot of a lot of grit during preseason. So. You know, trust me, rookies don't get a a, a lot of uh, a lot of shine in Kansas City, but uh, you know, Scott's gonna be fine. He'll, he'll he'll get his he'll 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 break out when he least. I mean, if if you saw last week against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, it was rookie Justin Watson that excuse me, Justin Watson had what fifty yards and uh, uh, fifty yards and a touchdown as well. So it was you know some he just beat somebody over the top and you know ended up in the end zone. So again. You know, as long as you if, if you find yourself open with Sky Moore, Watson, anyone else, Patrick will get you the football. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I just wondered. Uh, you know, I definitely understand this early. I just had a little little keen interest there because uh, he, he definitely was one of the guys that I looked out for going into the draft for sure. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell. I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image and you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality you can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography. Or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did. And he's got me looking great. Now, of course, we have talked about the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, of course, this is an AFC South show. We do have to talk about those Indianapolis Colts. Boy, oh boy. I don't think anyone thought they would come out 0-2 and looking this bad offensively, and especially defensively. You know, last year they were one of the, the stout defenses in the NFL, and now they're almost to a bend but don't break defense, and they're giving up, what, 20, plus point, 20 points to the – to the Texans and the Jaguars in back-to-back weeks, which no one expected to happen. So, you know, as far as them, this Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley is a guy that was in Las Vegas last year. Now he's in Indianapolis. So I know that the Kansas City Chiefs are familiar with his defense. And, you know, he, he haven't really got any pressure. So 
Have you been surprised kind of how this defense has performed under Gus Bradley, or are you just like, hey, this is more of the same of what we saw in Las Vegas and uh, San Diego or Las Vegas, I mean, Los Angeles, I mean? Well, let me say this. One, I don't like correcting people on, on their own shows, but the Colts are 0-1-1. One, and one. So I, I had to do this to my Colts the other day because they tied that first game against Houston. I know people like to say you didn't win, but they didn't <laughs> lose it exactly either. Um, I'm going to be honest. The most disappointing thing that I've seen about the Colts this season has been Jonathan Taylor. Now, I've bet money on him the last two weeks. He's disappointed me, so probably going uh, further. I'm not going to put him on, on any party or anything like that. But uh, I, I would, you know, I don't know if they just fa- find themselves falling so far behind that they don't utilize the run game. But it seems as though the teams have initially uh, wanted to take Taylor out the game, so they feel like you take him out the game. You know what? What's left? You know Michael Pittman and and Doolin. I mean, they haven't really stepped up to the plate, so to speak. So, but on the defense, on the defense side of football, I'm just not sure. I mean, Houston. I will be honest. Houston did surprise me in in the fact that they were able to uh, not only score 20 points, but you know tie tie uh, and and their defense was able to. I know Taylor scored one touchdown in the game, but but just the mere fact that they were able to do to the Colts what they did to them, and then I think against Jacksonville, that really shocked me that they were shut out. Now, there was a graphic uh, during that Colts-Jaguars uh, uh, Colts game that it showed <laughs> their last four years, their last four draft picks in the first round, they've drafted, I think, as a defensive end or a linebacker that's, of course, starting on, you know, starting on that team. So, they're pretty good. I mean, they've got some good players. And Doug Peterson, uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. Of course, he's a he's a product of Andy Reid. He he spent a year uh, in Kansas City before going off to Philadelphia, won the Super Bowl up there. So they got a good head coach. And so um, I, I'm liking what Jacksonville is bringing is bringing to the table. And of course, I think they're two and zero now. Um, and so I say that to say that I'm not surprised um, that the Colts find themselves in this situation. I would say it comes down to coaching, but to be quite honest, I think it's just it's just they just didn't get better. And and it's interesting because you would have thought they got better by getting Matt Ryan, especially after missing out on the playoffs last year with Carson Wentz. But the fact that Ryan hasn't been a big difference maker, that's really not as surprising as I thought it would be. Yeah, one TD and four, I believe, four interceptions so far this season. And uh, as far as the Jaguars, they are one and one so far. They did lose yeah. to the to the commander to start the year, but it was a close game, which uh, that was interesting. But uh, the one thing I I would, uh, you know, point out as well is that, of course, speaking about Matt Ryan, it just seems like this offense is just so out of sync, not only in the running game, but in the passing game, it just looks out of sync. And you would expect, you know, Matt Ryan, a veteran to come in and kind of be a calming influence on an offense, but, you know, combine Matt Ryan, you had Michael Pittman Jr. missed the last game, so Austin Doolin was pretty much the guy. And you just – other guys have not stepped up. And I, to me, I just think they kind of overplayed what kind of talent they had in the passing game uh, to go into this year. And then it depended a little bit too much on the vet, the, the veteran leadership of Matt Ryan. I mean, would that – you think that would probably be a fair assessment of them is just looking at them, per se? Well, look, I'm gonna be, I don't follow the Colts like that, but – what I what I will say is that my impression of uh, the Colts and and this is like last week since we since the Chiefs had Sunday off from playing Thursday night game I got a chance to watch a lot of the football games 
uh, on the Sunday ticket. And so the, the biggest, the, the biggest, I guess, eyesore for me is that it's, it looks as though the Colts are just running in slow motion. I, I guess like the offense is just a slow motion type of offense. And again, I just, you know, if you're, if you're able to take Jonathan Taylor out the game and like you said, Michael Pittman wasn't even playing the last week's game. It's like, I mean, you don't feel like you have to double anyone, and so you. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure you play a vanilla-based defense, but really, I mean, what do you have? I mean, if, if you can take Taylor out the game, to me, that's the ball game, and that's what that's what Jacksonville did last week by being able to shut him down. For real, I mean, what he's only had 215 yards for the season. I think most he got most of those yards in the first game. So, um, I, I'm look. It's, it, even though I'm not as familiar with with uh, with the Colts, I, again, I'm just not. You know what I've seen just from the stat sheet and, and just a little bit that I saw in the game against uh, Jacksonville. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. This is the NFL. I do respect professional teams, but I don't think Kansas City should have any problem covering the point spread of, of seven of seven points. And if they do, then that's that's a cover. That's a conversation I'm gonna have with Patrick and the team after you know after the game. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, in terms of going out in the wind, just basically uh, Kansas City just needs to go out and do the things that they do in terms of protecting the football, take the plays that are given, and then just, you know, control the game on the defensive side in terms of keeping people in check. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, when the schedule when the schedule came out, even before the season started, I, you know, I thought I thought Kansas City's schedule was pretty brutal. But I actually thought that this would be a much tougher game. And look, and it could, it could turn out to be. It could be Kansas City – I'm not going to say that they're going to overlook them because, of course, you know the following week they have Tampa Bay on Sunday Night Football. So I don't think, I don't think they're going to come to the game, you know, looking past Indianapolis at all. But I, it's, again, to me, I see this game being more like the Arizona Cardinals game, where Kansas City, if Kansas City doesn't score a lot of points against this team, it's, I mean, there's Matt Ryan, even with the former MVP, he's not a Kyler Murray. He's not going to beat you with his legs. And again, I mean, I know the Chiefs are going to focus on trying to stop Jonathan Taylor. Um, and again, I mean, the wide receivers, Pittman, Doolin, I mean, again, <laughs> I, I, so, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm saying they're, they're not a Keenan Allen, they're not a Mike Williams, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not even an AJ Green. So it's like, again, they could, they could surprise me. They could, they could blow, they could blow up my parlay or who knows what, but again, I just, you know, I would love to try to help sell this football game, but it's, it's, I really can't because, I mean, Kansas City should 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 put 40, 40 some points up on this team with their offense. Yeah, and then you also got to remember too. This funny thing, nobody really remembers this right now, but they actually have a former All Pro playing corner for them. Yes, yes, a fine Gilmore, and yeah, he's been and he's been kind of missing in action. I, I haven't heard his name called once. Yeah. No and, and again, because well, and I, look, I'm not gonna say that's a bad thing because if your name's not being called, <laughs> at least you're not getting burnt or you know getting beat, you know, like a Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey gets his name called a, a little bit far too often, so and not for good <laughs> reason. So I, I'll give Stephon Gilmore that. I mean, he is the former Defensive Player of the Year, so I, I'm gonna get that man his respect. But again, the Chiefs are gonna have you know a healthy set of off, offensive players going into that game. And okay, I sat at Stephon Gilmore, and I know you got DeForest Buckner on the line. I mean, there's you know they do have some players on defense. I just don't think it's going to be enough to to keep Kansas City out of the end zone over and over again. 
Right, right. And, you know, you still don't know whether Shaquille Leonard is going to be playing either. He's missed the first yeah. two games. So it just, yeah, it's a lot going on when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts at this point. All right. Well, we kind of, you know, broke down the uh, the opponent for this week, uh, talked about, uh, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, how they've gotten to where they are and, you know, a few different other things. But, of course, there's always a game on the show. We've Go. got five questions. I've Go. got two answers. I'm going to make it Kansas City-centric for the most part. All right. Are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'm going to be. All right. I'm going to go first. Got to battle of the running backs. Jamal Charles or Priest Holmes? Which one are you going to take? Ooh. <laughs> I need the one number. Kansas City, uh, Kansas City born. I think Kansas City. If I had to take him, I probably had to go with Priest Holmes only because I used to do some work for him. So I'll go with Priest Holmes. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, not necessarily any of the guys born in Kansas City, but you know, no, 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 no. I mean, like being drafted by the Chiefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. I'm I just cracking jokes. But uh, let's see. As far as uh, linebackers, Justin. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Justin Houston or Derek Johnson. Oh, Derek Johnson. I thought you were gonna say Derek Thomas. Yeah, Derek Johnson. <laughs> I mean, that would have been an easy one if, if, if I said that. But you know. yeah, I would take it. All right. <laughs> All right, I've got Eric Berry or Teron Matthew. Ooh, I'm about to go with Matthew. He led the team to a Super Bowl, so I got to give him, you know, that's a deciding factor. Gotcha. Okay. I actually led him two Super Bowls and won one, so I got to, you know, can't take that away from him. Gotcha. Okay. Now, of course, uh, both of these teams are rivals in the AFC West, uh, and you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Las Vegas Raiders or the Denver Broncos? If you had to cheer for one outside of Kansas City, oh, I cheer for the Raiders. The Raiders, look, hey, I, I had money on <laughs> on uh, on Arizona coming back, you know, with a plus twenty five live bets, and the Raiders didn't let me down, so I'm going with the Raiders every time. Plus, I do like the stadium. So, gotcha. Okay, all right, and leads to my next question and my last one. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas or Los Angeles, which one is the best road trip? That's a tie. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I guess if I had to choose, I'd say Vegas because I'm a gambler. But um, I mean, but the, the, the but if I had to choose which stadium, I'd rather t- actually they're both nice. But the Chargers Stadium is 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 actually man, I've, I've been there twice for the the Chiefs game last in the Super Bowl, so I, I would have to go with the with uh, LA for the stadium, but I mean, honestly, that it's a it's a miss a toss up between the two because you can't can't go wrong with either one of them. That's right. That's right. Well, it's the end of the game. That's five questions. That is the end of our time. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Darren Smith, for coming on the show, thank you uh, giving us a little bit of inside knowledge on the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, leading us into the Kansas City Chiefs and Indianapolis Colts matchup. What I want to do now is kind of give you the floor, let you talk about what all you have going on, where people can find you on social media. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much, Mike, uh, once again for having me on. Uh, you can find me on social media, on Facebook. I think it's Darren Smith eight one six, Instagram and Twitter Darren at Darren Smith WHB, and um, uh, I'm on Saturday mornings at eight a.m. and Sunday evenings at eight p.m. on. Uh, our Fox Sports affiliate. Uh, I'm also on a Sports Radio 18. I'm not on doing the football season because I have because of my travel and commitments uh, covering these teams. Um, but you can find me at all the all the Chiefs games. You can find me at Royals games, K 
KU football. I won't be KU football this weekend because I got to leave to travel to uh, Indianapolis. But generally, when the Chiefs are at home and KU's at home, you can find me at the KU games. And then basketball season, I cover KU basketball as well in the middle of the Chiefs season. So I'm everywhere. Just follow me, look me up, and reach out to me. Well, you can always find you, uh, you know, trying to outdress Patrick Mahomes as well. <laughs> yeah, he got, he, it's funny. He got, yeah, we, so how that came about was um, we were, it was after the first game in Chicago and everybody was commenting on my blazer that I had on and even, you know, Clark Hunt, the Chiefs owner said something. So, you know, it, it, he kind of liked the color. And uh, so I was talking to Patrick after in the locker room. He was like, man, you, you sharp. He was like, man, you, you always been here. I said, man, you want to do a little dress off this year? Oh, well, you know, we can do it, you know, but, you know, but it came, it came before the home game. You know, I got to dress. I said, it's fine. We just do it for the road. And so, um, so he got me week one because he had a vest on. My vest wasn't ready for my suit when I left, so I had to go at it. You know, I was still clean. I just had to go without the vest. But he beat me. Everybody liked the little teal. But okay, now I haven't decided because I got three suits. I'm looking at now, debating on on what I'm going to wear for. I might have four suits. I'm looking at that I'm aware uh, that I might wear for Sunday's game. Uh, but I got one. I got one. I know for Sunday night football, and uh, uh, for Tampa the following week. That's that's tough. That yeah, he can he, he whatever he did week one. We'll see what happens week three. But week four, I got his ass. <laughs> All right, we'll definitely be paying attention to that battle as well. And thank thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to Torn the AFC South with your host Mike Patton. We're out.